The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You are now tuned in to the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, where we discuss living for the kingdom of God while living in the culture. I'm your host, Charlotte Walker. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, wife, daughter, sister, auntie, and friend. And I am on the journey of producing and fulfilling every purpose that God saw for me before the beginning of time. And I want you on this journey with me. Each week, we are going to discuss how to apply God's word to our everyday lives. Get ready for some word, some gems, and a few laughs along the way. Now let's start the show. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by The Society. The Society is our online community for women of faith who are looking for a safe space to be encouraged, educated, and empowered. The Society is hosted by myself, Tatum Tamia of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast, Kavaya Watrice of the She Who Is Called app, and Rosalind Renee of the Therapy as a Christian podcast. Y'all look. This community is so rich and it really has something for everyone. If you're an entrepreneur, Tatum has business trainings every month and has built an amazing resource library. And almost every month we have a number of like funding opportunities and all of this just wonderful information together. We even have a place for us to share our businesses so we can work with each other. If you are struggling with time management and productivity, Rosalind's going to snatch you together, okay? She does these Monday productivity minutes that have been blessing my life. If you're looking for practical ways to walk by faith, Kavaya is out here dropping big gems. And of course, I'm out here teaching live Bible studies every two weeks. And that don't even touch our quarterly challenges, corporate fasts, live events, and so much more. One thing I've learned about the society is that given the opportunity, we are always going to glorify God and we always going to go to brunch. Okay, we be brunching out here. Houston be turning up. Atlanta be turning up. Up, okay, like we are out here glorifying God, Bibles and brunch. Okay, so if you are in need of a safe space of like minded women of faith, start your two week free trial of the society today by clicking the link in the show notes or going to www.blessedandbossedupsociety.com. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast, y'all. 
Today's episode is about to be some tea, okay? We are talking about the real reason why the enemy uses fear against us as a spiritual warfare tactic. And this is a revelation that God gave to me a while ago, and he really had not given me the appointed time to share it, but now is the time. So we talked about last week walking in our authority, and one of the major reasons that we struggle with walking in authority authority is because we oftentimes do not feel equipped and we feel afraid. And I really was asking God like, okay, but why do we be scary though? Like what, what really is the real reason behind this? And clearly the enemy wants us to not perform at the level that God has called us to, or to not walk out the things that God has called us to, but there's an even more ominous plan or strategy behind it. And so I was reading the story again of Peter walking on water. And if you don't know, that's in Matthew 14, 22 through 33. And in this story, everybody's in the boat. Jesus sends them ahead. There is like clouds and rain and whatnot. Jesus pops up walking on water. Everybody is scared. And eventually Peter comes out of the boat. He walks on water to Jesus. He starts walking. He sinks, but he doesn't drown because the wind and the waves throw him off track. He becomes fearful and Jesus basically admonishes him and is like, where is your faith, right? And so reading this story again, I really didn't understand why Jesus was fussing at Peter. I mean, because he's the only one who had got out the boat. And <laughs> it really kind of baffled me because a lot of times we will step out of the boat, right? Like God tells us to do a thing. We step out the boat. We are on our way and we find ourselves getting off track because something happens and we take our eyes off of Jesus. And I talk about this in a podcast episode that I did a while back about Peter getting out of the boat. But what I noticed is that there is a pattern where the enemy uses fear against believers. The Bible tells us 365 times in scripture to fear not. And so if that is repeated so much in the Bible, there's clearly a reason as to why God is repeating himself. And clearly there is a reason why the enemy is using this. So I take a deep dive and here we are, okay? Now, what I had to ask God was, you gave us emotions, so why would you allow us to be scared, right? Because the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And what I had to learn was that there is a difference between being scared and being fearful. You can be scared. Scared is a short-term emotion. So when the disciples were on the boat and they saw Jesus and they thought that he was a ghost, they were scared, <laughs> but they realized that it was Jesus. They were not fearful, right? Jesus says, fear not. But scared is like a short-term response or an emotion. It really is kind of like an emotion that allows us to use discernment to sense that something is off, right? Fear, however, is a mindset and a stronghold. It's a spirit. That's why God says that he has not given us the spirit of fear. So you can be scared. Like, let's say sometimes I be acting foolish and I will sit in the dark and I know Andre is coming upstairs and I will jump out and scare him. Why? Because I'm 10 in real life. Okay. And it'd be funny. <laughs> So I could scare him, but that does not result in him then walking around our home in fear. 
because fear is an unpleasant, strong emotion. And this is the anticipation of danger or this hyper awareness of danger. So when we talk about being scared versus being fearful, I had to understand and God had to show me that uh, 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 I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Now you may feel scared. <laughs> And that's different, but fear is this long-term anticipation and awareness of danger. Uh Uh-uh, I can't go over there because something's going to happen. It may not even be real danger, but it's the perceived or anticipated danger. And so we bow out of doing things versus being scared where somebody's like, rah, and you go, oh, right? Like that's different. That is a different space, even though we often use these words interchangeably, they're not. Because we will take our lives and rearrange them around fear. If you have a fear of spiders, child, there's no way that you're going to go somewhere when you have a fear. When we talk about phobias, there's somebody who is fearful of driving on the interstate. You will rearrange your life and you will not you know, take the two hour ride to work instead of getting on the interstate and it's 30 minutes because you are operating in fear versus somebody driving like a dingbat on the interstate and something happens and it kind of scares you. That is a very different. And so it's so important that when we talk about fear that we differentiate that because I was like, but God, don't you give us emotions? Let's talk about this. But being scared is the emotion. Fear is a stronghold and a mindset that keeps you making changes in your life based on what you think might happen, the perception of danger. And so what God had to show me was that the enemy often uses fear because fear makes us separate ourselves from God. So the enemy can't separate us from God. But what we will do is separate ourselves from God. And because we are wrapped in flesh, our default mode is survival. I did a Bible study on Psalms 23 called the Lord is our shepherd. And when we talk about the Lord being our shepherd, I asked God why he calls us his sheep. At first, I thought it was just because, you know, like we're kind of slow as humans. Like, have you seen the world? Right. But that wasn't it. When I really studied and did a deep dive on sheep, sheep are survivors by nature. And so what will happen is if they live in fear. If they perceive danger, no matter how real it is or not, they will wander off. They will take off away from the shepherd. Then the shepherd has to go out with the staff and the rod and he has to approach them gently so that they come back. So even if the fear is not real, the perception of fear will make a sheep run off and now they're really putting themselves in danger. And if that don't sound like human beings or we think, oh, God ain't gonna come through. So I'm gonna go do X, Y, and Z. And then we end up doing something foolish. And now we out here looking cash crazy and God gotta save us from us. That'd be us, okay? So oftentimes the enemy will use fear to make us separate ourselves from God. We get away from our shepherd when we are fearful. And so then we're prime picking for the wolf to come in and snatch us up. Okay. So it is so important that we understand that because we are survivors. Okay. Somebody played Destiny's Child. Because we're survivors by nature, we often like to take the path of least resistance. Okay. I like to call this the run forest run. Okay. We gonna child, we out. Uh-uh. 
the path of least resistance is what looks good and feels good to us. And so we are going to take off because we don't understand the other side. We don't see the other side. And that's just human nature. Okay. Michael Jackson had saying human nature. That's what this is. And so it's so important to understand that the enemy can't separate us from God. So he uses fear as a means to get us to run away from God. And that's why God repeats to us to fear not. The spirit of fear is a separation tactic that the enemy uses to get us from up under the protection or the refuge of God. And if you don't believe me, child, it's all throughout the Bible. When Adam found out he was naked, what did he do? He hid from God. Why? I mean, because before he had no shame, but because he was afraid of the results, because he had this new knowledge of good and evil, he then became fearful and he hid from God. The prophet Elijah This man called fire from heaven. He literally, y'all, called fire down from heaven. And when Jezebel came after him, he ran and then asked God to kill him because he was afraid. Just let me die. The prophet Elijah had said that. So it's so important that we understand the patterns that we see in the Bible because the enemy is not creative. He's cunning, but he's not creative. He will do the same thing over and over again. Y'all know who else? What's fearful? Good old Peter. We love Peter, okay? Peter went in one scripture from cutting somebody's ear off because they ran up on Jesus to then denying him three times before the rooster crowed because he was fearful of the persecution that would come with being known as a disciple of Christ. So the enemy always, always, always is going to use fear tactics to get us out of position because he can't do anything to separate us from God, but he absolutely can use our emotions and our fear and our perception of danger to get us to get ourselves out of position because now we've come under the protection of our shepherd because we're running in the opposite direction. Same thing with Jonah. Jonah was fearful of the assignment, did not want to complete the thing that God had told him to do. And so he peaced out. He was like, nah, I'm a run. Then he ended up inside of a whole entire well and ended up right back doing what God had called him to do in the first place. But the enemy used that as an opportunity to get Jonah out of position. And so we have to remember that although the weapons form, they will not prosper. The Bible says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It doesn't say that the weapons won't come. It says that they will not prosper. And so we have to remember that this is why we have to continue to get before God and stay in relationship with him because he will give us the soberness and the vigilance to see the attacks of the enemy so we don't get devoured, to see the weapons that are forming and letting us know that, hey, this will not prosper. We have to take courage and we have to be unmovable knowing that God has guaranteed our victory in and through the work of Jesus. We just have to stand and refuse to let the enemy use fear to sway us out of position. And there's four different responses that you will see when we talk about being fearful, okay? And a lot of times we talk about our fight or flight response. These are things that our body does naturally. And this is why it's so important that we use tools, even practical tools, to ensure that we are truly not being deceived by our own emotions. This episode of the God Goals and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by Audible. Y'all, 
I absolutely love Audible. One of my goals this year was to read more books. And honestly, it's just difficult with my schedule, with me just being busy and just honestly not having the attention span to be able to sit down and read books. But Audible has come to my rescue. I have been enjoying Audible really for a number of years, but recently have been just really taking advantage of the app. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre from bestsellers to new releases, celebrity memoirs, I'm talking motivation, wellness, um, spiritual business. And what I love is that oftentimes Audible will have the top celebrities or experts reading their books in their own words. Barack's The Promised Land is chef's kiss fire, listening to him discuss all of the challenges that he faced during his presidency. I also love that every month I'm able to select one new title to bring into my library. And so it gives me the option to, to read and experience books that I may not have experienced picking them up myself. The Audible app makes it so easy to listen anytime, anywhere. I listen on a plane. I've listened literally this morning, listening to Atomic Habits as I'm working out. It has been amazing. And new members get to experience Audible for 30 days for free. So if you want to elevate your life through books, okay, don't have me start singing Reading Rainbows. You want to go over to www audibletrial.com slash GGGT, like God goes in girl talk, to start your 30-day free trial today. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash GGGT to start your free 30-day trial today. Now let's get back to the show. So here are the four responses of fear that we see in humans. There's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And we're going to look at these a little bit closer. Fight. Fight is you walling out, having explosive behaviors. You are doing all the things that don't make no sense. This is that reaction instead of responding. You are trying to control the situation. You may have an anger outburst. Peter custom people out. Real life custom people out when he denied Jesus. He was like, I said, I don't bleep and no. <laughs> like Peter was out here cussing. <laughs> Like you, so fight. Our first initial premise or our first response is to try to fight our way out. The next is to flight. We are going to run. So that may look like you trying to be a perfectionist where you can control every single aspect of all of the things that you're overthinking because you are anticipating. That's that mental stronghold. You are anticipating that something is going to go wrong. So this can exhibit itself in anxiety, panic, obsessive compulsive disorder. You will freeze where now you don't do nothing. And the enemy still wins when you are immobile. When you're immobilized, you are easier to your prime picking, right? So that means that you feel stuck. You have difficulty making clear decisions. You may feel numb. You may start isolating yourself. And so it's so important to understand that when we are fearful, we can get into these kind of cycles that keep us bound. And the last one is to fawn. When you fawn, this means that you are people pleasing. You just kind of take the path of least resistance. You get overwhelmed. You may see some codependencies. You may lack identity and you will have no boundaries. All of these things are not of God. When you fawn, you allow other people to make decisions for you instead of you standing up and taking your authority and doing what God has called you to do. And so it's so important that we don't allow this tactic to overtake us. And the way that we do that is by making sure that we are being prayerful, 
making sure that we are keeping ourselves in community with other believers. So even if I don't have the strength to deal with something, someone else can encourage me. We have to make sure that we are understanding and seeing the enemy for who he is and really taking a step back before you make a decision and taking the thing to God, even if you are fearful. Recently, I taught in the society about the story in 2 Kings 8, chapters 18 through 20 on Hezekiah. And Hezekiah did this, okay? Hezekiah, the first time he got approached by this evil king and he said, hey, I'm coming to overtake Jerusalem, he tore up God's house, literally tore the gold out of God's house to try to pay this king off, who was essentially, he's the enemy, right? He's the devil. The devil was using this king, his name literally translated into man of sin. So this is literally the devil. He tears up God's house, his sanctuary, tore his house up y'all to pay this man off in hopes that he would go away. That was a fight response. I'm going to do something super outrageous <laughs> in hopes to get a result because I'm acting out of fear instead of walking in faith. And faith is not you believing that you can do it, but faith is us having true confidence in God's ability. Okay. So Hezekiah tears this tears up God's house, which is wild to me. But how many of us have done something so outrageous where we do something that ends up costing us more than the original problem because we don't go to God. We don't pause and pray and allow God to give us direction because we're just reacting. We're fighting, right? So then the enemy, of course, is not satisfied with this. So he runs it back. He's like, actually, we're still coming, even though you just did this outrageous thing. The, the issue is still there. And not only is the issue still here of us invading your territory, but here's a list of all the other people that I've invaded. This man talked so greasy about God, this evil king, y'all, in this letter that it was making my mad, okay? But this time, the second time, Hezekiah, he responded instead of reacting out of fear. And he went to God and he prayed and asked God to deliver him. And immediately God sent the prophet to come and let him know that he was going to take care of everything. However, just like us, God often does not give the details. So he didn't have no details. So the devil comes back a third time and is trying to soup him up and is talking so greasy to God again. He's talking so greasy about God again in this situation. And he's telling Hezekiah about all of these things that he did. He's trying to get Hezekiah to compromise. And he's like, if you just Basically, if you worship me, if you get into partnership with me by taking these horses, which was against the law of God, but he told Hezekiah, if you do this, then I will, you know, I'll back off, which was a lie because the devil is a liar. Okay. And Hezekiah then took the letter to God, laid the letter down. And when he prayed, he exalted God. He talked to God about all of the wars that he's won, all of the things that he's done, all of the battles, how God was over all of the kingdoms. He exalted God instead of exalting his problem. And a lot of times when we go to God in prayer, we magnify our problems more than the God that is over all of the things because where is our faith? And so a lot of times what happens is that we separate ourselves from God because we glorify the problem. We make it so big that we basically make it an idol over God. And so what Hezekiah did was he was real about the situation. He didn't minimize it. He knew that this was dire 
Like this was dire straits. God, I need you to pull up, but I'm going to exalt you because that's where my faith is. How many times do we make these problems bigger and bigger because we exalt the things that we don't have? We exalt the things that we wish were different instead of you letting God know who he is in the situation. God, I know what this report says, but I believe your word. God, I know that the doctor said X, Y, and Z about my body, but by your son's stripes, I'm healed. I know that you healed the woman with the issue of blood. Why do we not come to God that way? Because the fear separates us. We allow what we see to dictate our response. So we fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And what the enemy wants to do is to isolate us so that that way we can be devoured. And it's so important to understand how quickly God will move and how he will move. If you keep reading in that story in Hezekiah, God told Hezekiah that not a single arrow going to touch the city of Jerusalem, but I'm going to deal with this king because he got my name in his mouth, essentially is what he said. And based on the relationship that I have with my servant, David, on behalf of my servant, David. And so similar, we do not have to be perfect because Hezekiah jacked up, y'all. He told that, y'all, my mind still can't get over the fact that he tore up God's house. But we do not have to be perfect. But because we are in covenant with Jesus Christ, God is going to respond for his own sake and for the sake of his son, Jesus Christ. And so we don't have to be perfect when we come to God, when we deal with things and we're afraid, but we cannot allow us being scared to turn into fear, to dictate how we move, to dictate how we pray, to dictate how we come to God about a situation. What ended up happening is that God sent one angel of the Lord to the Assyrian army, killed 185,000 soldiers in one night one angel of the Lord. And then the king ended up getting stabbed and died, not Hezekiah, but the evil king. And so it literally is just a testament to how God will move on our behalf. But we have to make sure that we don't allow fear to separate us from God. Because even if you say that you're not running away from God physically, we can tell that practically when we do things where we freeze and that equates to us no longer praying, that equates to us no longer being on assignment. Because we feel overwhelmed, we just kind of cave and we just go along with whatever the enemy is trying to tell us. We have have to understand that the enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And so he uses fear because we can separate ourselves from God, but he does not have the power to. And when you are no longer connected to God, you no longer have your authority. And when you don't have authority, sis, you just out here in these streets looking like the sons of Sceva about to get your head busted. And so it's so important that you understand and you're able to use discernment to identify the enemy. That does not mean that the situation is not what it is. Girl, it be ghetto in these streets. I'm dealing with health stuff. My grandfather is ill. Like stuff be going down. But I don't move in fear because I know the great physician. I don't move in fear because God has already said it's done. I don't move in fear because I know that God said what he said. And that is more powerful than anything that the enemy can try to show me, anything that he can try to convince me out of. 
And so it's so critical that we don't allow the enemy to use ourselves against us. We sometimes have to say, God, protect me from me. Protect me from my limited viewpoint. Protect me from my limited ability. Protect me from thinking that I have greater strength outside of you, God. Lord, please give me the wisdom to move in the way that you have called me to. And so as we wrap up, I just want to encourage y'all to make sure that when you are going to God about a situation, if you are dealing or struggling with an area, do not make an idol out of the problem. Do not allow fear to draw a gap between you and God. Do not go and destroy his temple instead of going to him first and getting his divine instruction. I promise you he will show up. I promise you he gonna show out. And I promise you as always that the devil is a liar. He is defeated and he wants you to live in a place of defeat with him. And the way that he does that is by having you walk around anticipating danger instead of walking around in the authority that God has given you. And so it's critical that we see this for what it is and that we start training ourselves and training our minds because this is a skill to be able to not freak out in a situation that's freak out worthy, okay? This is something that as a nurse, I've had to learn how to do. What would I look like if a baby is coding? I see that this baby is dying. My eyes see that these vitals are going down and this baby is crashing. Is now the time for me to run around like a chicken with my head cut off? The baby is dying, the baby is dying. No. I have been trained to where I know how to respond. It is a skill. I cannot react to what I see. I have to respond. I have to start chest compressions. We have to get an IV. We have to call the code. We have to get the team in to do what we need to do. And then we can process the feelings after. There'll be so much adrenaline after them codes, child. (laughs) But it's always so important to remember that we have to train ourselves for not if, but when the enemy comes on some mess because he is always on some mess, child. He takes no PTO days. And so if we prepare ourselves, if you stay ready, sis, you ain't got to get ready. And so it's so important to understand the real reason that the enemy uses fear. He wants you to separate yourself from God. Do not give him the door. If you give him an inch, he'll take a foot. If you give him a foothold on you, child, he going to be in there running rampant. Okay. We have to make sure that the enemy does not have or does not use this tactic to get us out of position. So make sure when things are coming that you take, you pause, ponder, and pray, okay? Pause. is Okay, let me take a couple deep breaths. Let me address the emotion of me being scared. Okay, let me sit down with God and let's figure out if this is really what's happening. Let me take an objective look at this situation. Okay, let me go talk to God because here's the fact. Now I can lay this before him. I can sit before him. I can fast. I can make sure that I'm interceding and God's going to do the rest. Then I get to have peace. But when we don't do that, when we try to do things in our own strength and we are not being strategic, you will run yourself ragged and then you are prime picking for the devil. 
So I say all of that to say to make sure that you are being sober and vigilant as things come about, as situations happen, take the time to pause, ponder, and to pray, and to really be strategic in how you respond when the enemy comes trying to use fear to separate you from God. So that is it for this week's episode. I love y'all. I pray that y'all have a blessed and amazing week, and I will talk to y'all again next week. I pray you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you stay connected with us throughout the week by following us over on Instagram at God Goals and Girl Talk, hitting us up on Twitter at GGGT Podcast, and checking out our website, www.godgoalsandgirltalk.com. The website is lit. It has a free resource library, and you can search podcast episodes based on topics, all the things, okay? So until next week, continue to love God, love people, and love yourselves, And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.